On this episode of Talking Schmidt, I catch up with Jake Stancil about the return of live sports, interview Jared Karkoff about his time in the minor leagues and what players are doing now, and our newest segment, The Schmidt Break. I have all of that and more coming up next. All right, everyone, welcome into episode three of Talking Schmidt. In our opening segment here, I have a special guest with me, uh, someone that is pretty close to me, actually, someone that I uh, had the opportunity to be on the uh, board to hire him. It's not really a board. It was kind of just me. Um, but fresh out of Georgia, uh, the University of Georgia, I have Jake Stancil. He is the sports anchor at KODE-TV in Joplin, Missouri. Um, big things coming for this guy. I know that for a fact. Uh, I wouldn't have hired him if I, if I didn't believe that much. But, uh, Jake, happy to have you on, man. I appreciate it, man. It feels like it was just yesterday when you know, we finally crossed that bridge of joining – or me joining KODE, and it feels like it was just yesterday and time is flowing by, but it's, it's been a ride of a lifetime. Awesome, man. Well, let's go ahead and get talking a little bit here because uh, for once, uh, really for everybody – the main thing that we have going on is that we actually have live sports finally. It's not esports anymore. Um, it's not old highlights. It's not the NFL draft from Roger Goodell's basement. We actually had soccer today. Bundesliga soccer returned uh, over in Germany. They had, I believe it was what, two matches earlier today. And um, it just felt good to see live sports again and know that when the live was in the corner, it was an actual live broadcast of action and uh jake i don't know if you get to catch any of the soccer i know you're a big soccer guy uh, more of the english premier league but this is a good step right yeah i would say so and i i would say too what's funny is i had to do a double take this morning when you saw some of the twitter accounts from the teams posting the lineups for the games and it's like was this really happening is this is this real life uh but now it was it was really exciting to see them come back i i saw the news I think it broke maybe a week or two ago. I mean, I don't, at some point I saw the news break of them announcing that they were coming back to play and they were going to be the first, the first uh, in the, out of the country when it comes to soccer coming back with the Bundesliga. But I got to catch a little bit of it. I saw the Borussia Dortmund game and it, it was exciting. I mean, obviously it's a different feeling when you're watching that game live, you see nobody in the stands and then they pan the camera over to the bench. You see the players sitting six feet apart, the subs, you see them with face mask on. You're like, what is going on, man? <laughs> but no, it's exciting to see live sports again. That you know, open up your ESPN app and see those live scores come in and and get those updates. That's a, that's always a great feeling. But I feel like it's a step in the right direction. I think a lot of professional sports leagues out there will take a look at the Bundesliga and as they move forward in terms of how they might want to come back and how they need to address this certain situation that they're in. And I looked at the uh, English Premier League, and right now um, they're very close to getting back in action as well. Um, they're talking about uh, the opportunity for them, at least, that it would be uh, a two-week trial, if you will. And during those first two weeks, people are getting tested every day. Uh, now, they, will, they did say this, and one of the things that they said is one positive case of COVID-19 could possibly shut down English Premier League before it even starts. So these guys are going to have to stay as healthy as possible, away from everybody as possible. Um, there's a good possibility that, you know, even with this live action coming back, you know, even wanting to see some of this, we still are going to see this new normal, if you will, that has been a crazy normal, if you will, of, you know, people wearing masks, like you said, sitting so far apart from each other, 
um, guys just, uh, you know, you're not going to see, I don't, I don't think defense is going to be as, uh, as tough as it has been, uh, you know, in the past because guys are just maybe not wanting to be that close, but you know, I've seen reports from guys in the NBA, Chris Paul was talking about it. They just want to play basketball. Um, these athletes, guys like that, that's what they want to do. They want to get out on their respective court or field or whatever it is, and they want to play again. So watching this and watching what we were able to see, to me at least, just had to be the right step for these guys. It had to be um, everyone kind of looking at this saying, okay, if they can do it in Germany, we should be able to do this in England, or we should be able to do it in that surrounding area. Um, I know Italy, they're also talking about lessening regulations so they can start up. Um, so, you know, I know it's not in, you know, in the United States, it's not one of our big threes, you know, it's not one of our big fours, you know, I know they've been talking about baseball, which we can get to that in a second, but mainly just being able to see that yes, sports still can go on. Um, I think that might've just been what a lot of people needed. Now, one question I have for you though, is do you think that here in the United States, people are like, man, we need to tune into soccer today just to see some live action. Do you think maybe soccer gets a new love from people here in the United States because of this? I mentioned that because I saw a lot of my friends and other people that I follow that they're trying to figure out what team to root for because they're placing bets on, on it, what team would win. So they're trying to get in on the action. So I think it's definitely going to be one of those things that helps pass the time. And who knows? I think some people might get into it because who knows if this might be the only sport that's playing for X amount of time before other sports return as well. But I thought it was another interesting point you brought up was about the defense, you know, how much defense they might be playing. And actually they, they are moved to doing five subs with, with the Bundesliga. And I think that's going to be with all the different soccer leagues as well. They're from three subs to five subs. And that's, largely in part because of being off for so long, you know, these people are trying to get back into the groove of things, get conditioned. So they're allowing more subs or allowing more people to sit on the bench, more bench players that they can have at their disposal. And so, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be a temporary normal. It, it is, it is sad not seeing, especially in the Bundesliga where they were playing in Borussia Dortmund, they call it the yellow wall. And it's usually just a sea of yellow in the crowd. And it's, it's just loud. It's exciting. It's energetic. And even the, after the game, the Borussia Dortmund players, they walked over after they, after they won and were clapping it up like as if the fans were in the stands because that's how much it means to them. So I, I really do hope it's a temporary normal, but I do think this will serve as an example to other sports leagues on how they can get back in as well. Yeah, that's the big thing. And I know with the Major League Baseball right now, their biggest situation and what they're looking at is just, you know, <laughs> the money situation that, that that's kind of a hard part about all this is, you know, player salaries are at such a high point. You know, we know that there's been some players, Bryce Harper included, who stressed that they really didn't want to have to take um, a prorated cut, if you will, of their salary to play what would be what 80, 82 games on the season. However, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, you know, players just do want to get back to action. And, and you got to think there's so many baseball players um, at so many different levels. To me, at least for baseball, you know, this could be a, a huge, I feel, make or break moment, I guess, for baseball, because, you know, baseball is one of those, one of those games where, you know, it does take a little bit longer. You, you have to be, I feel, a true fan to really sit there for nine innings and be invested or more if it goes into extras. So right now, I, I feel that the way that the MLB handles this, whatever way it is, it's going to be big. And one of the things that they're going to lose 
and we all know this, and this is why we're talking so much about money for the MLB, is one of the things that they're going to lose more than anything else is going to be uh, the money that they make at the door because they're not going to have fans in the stands. It's, it is crazy to think about, you know, when it comes to baseball, because you think really any of these, these sports leagues, you know, the more they delay, you think the bigger the nightmare it's going to be because you still have another season that's going to loom out there. And of course that's going to have to change as well, the, the further you delay everything. And for me, I, when it comes to the MLB, I'm actually, it hits home for me because with me being from Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds fan, you know, they made a lot of great moves in the off season. They're going to dominate the NL central. So to see this delay even further, it's like, man, now I have to wait. And who knows if they're going to be as good as everyone said they were going to be. And that's what stings me a little bit, but just seeing as a whole, I mean, it's, that's really what it comes down to is the money as you were talking about. And it is, it is crazy to think about. I mean, in, in, in hindsight, you look at Bryce Harper, he gets like a $300 million contract and he's, and he's arguing over not wanting to take a pay cut when he's he signed an elusive deal. And I get it. You know, you want to, you want to get everything you can possible. And it's just crazy. I'm sure there's a lot of things we don't know with it. And I hope they do come back because like I said, from both from being a Reds fan, wanting to see how the Reds were going to do this year, but also just getting all the sports back. You know, I don't want one sports league to cancel while another one goes on and, and whatnot. And it is another thing, too. I mean, in comparison to the NBA, the NBA was like right there to do the playoffs, you know, whereas baseball, they're just starting. So it's either you got to pull the trigger and say, hey, we're going to come back or we're just going to call it off and focus on next season. Whereas you look at the NBA, they were right there and they're right there at the end. They're right there at the playoffs. They're not just starting their season. So I, if I'm an NBA player, I want to finish because you, know, you work so hard that season and then you just call it off because I'm sure there's a lot of players, a lot of teams thinking that they could have won the championship or win the championship. So they, they would like to see them finish the season. So I think that's another interesting angle as well. And it's just, it has been weird, but I feel like with the Bundesliga back, soccer being back, I know we've had UFC fights, I know NASCAR is getting back. So it feels like we're taking steps back to normal. And it just hopefully it's going to be a domino effect moving forward with everything. Absolutely, man. Jake, it's been great getting a chance to talk with you, catch up with you. I hope you uh, don't mind doing a few more of these as, as Talking Schmidt continues to go down the road, man. We'd love to have you back as a guest. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right, bud. Well, for this segment of Talking Schmidt, we talked with Jake Stansel from KODE-TV in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, my former weekend guy, as I mentioned, he's got a great, bright future in front of him. We're excited to see where he's going. We come back after this, I'm going to chance to get a, a chance to talk with the Iceman himself. If you guys remember the Iceman, he also went by the Cuff, one of my favorite pitchers from Austin P. Uh, I'll get a chance to sit down and talk with him, catch up on what he's been doing uh, post-playing in the minor league. So that's coming up next. All right, everyone, welcome back into Talking Schmidt. I have a very special guest with me. He's in my phone as the Iceman. He's gone by in the past, the Cuff. Uh, Jared Karkuf, one of my favorite people in the entire world. He actually was drafted in the Toronto Blue Jays organization back in 2016. Am I right on that one? Yes, sir. All right, and now, Jared, you're off, and you're doing something which I think is probably one of the greatest things that any athlete can do once they you know, get to a point in their life where they can go on, and that's that you're giving back and you're actually coaching now. How has the transition been from being an actual MLB player, ML, you know, minor league baseball player, into now being a coach, both uh, baseball and football? 
Uh, I mean, it's been amazing, but it's actually way harder than I expected. <laughs> uh, when you get to play, uh, you just you don't have to worry about much. You can just kind of you work at it so long that that it kind of just comes naturally. We're coaching, man. It is it is tough, but I really have enjoyed it. Awesome, man. I know you're uh, you're about to be a dad as well. How's that a uh, transition going? Yes, we are so excited. We bought a house last week and going to be a dad in October. So uh, it's moving fast, but we're so excited. It's so crazy to think that, man. I mean, you look back and when we very first met each other, I mean, I think you were only a sophomore in college. I think I might have been in my junior or senior year. And now we're looking at it, you know, both married guys and you're having a, you're having a child, you're getting a house. I mean, time sure does fly, man. That, that's for certain. That's one thing we can say. Oh, yeah. And people always tell you that, but you never believe them because, right, we're smarter than everybody else. But uh, but then when it happens to you, you're like, man, they were right. It does fly. And, uh, yeah, I was a sophomore. felt like last year. Now I'm an adult, I guess. Absolutely, man. So let's talk a little baseball here because I think that's what a, a lot of people want to hear about. Um, and I know you obviously are a follower of baseball as someone who's been able to play at the next level, at the top level really there. Uh, for you at least watching what's happening, thinking of maybe in a bridge season, as someone who you know is a fan of baseball, um, also someone who's been able to play in, uh, play in the majors and minor leagues, what do you think uh, about the situation where they're talking right now about maybe in a bridge season? Uh, I mean, any way that they can play it would just be awesome obviously for the fans but for the guys that like that's literally their job and they work every single day for it there's got to be some type of baseball eventually so they don't just put a year of where i mean because in the minor leagues we just don't get paid enough to uh basically spend a full year of not not doing your job you know and uh people don't really understand how much time and money you have to put into the off season and uh to get ready for the season so i can't imagine an off season being this long trying to get ready for a season but i think they they definitely need to do something about it now i know obviously as a pitcher um one of the things that they were talking about for this season is that even the nl may have a designated hitter as someone who uh i know you weren't the biggest fan of hitting you know what do you think <laughs> about that that addition if that happens this year that you know everybody's going to have a dl and do you think if it does if it is successful that we might see uh that be something that might be a norm that nl teams might be able to do in the future i understand the uh like tradition of kind of keeping things the same way it's kind of what baseball is all about but uh pitchers have no business hitting like <laughs> we we know we can at times, but we just don't take the time to work on that anymore because pitching is such an important part of our job that why not let another hitter get in there? It's like the only person that helps is the pitcher pitching against the pitcher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously you have some of those some of those pitchers who say, well, you know, I can step out there and, and rake, but, I mean, you know, if it has the chance, especially with, you know – as you know, as an athlete, you're always trying to compete. And if you can get the best, I guess, formula out there, um, it's one of those things I think that you're going to have a lot of players who are going to say, well, you know, within a bridge season, you know, it might be best just to get our best hitters out there at all times uh, to make sure that we do have a chance to uh, win the game. Because, you know, this is going to be such a weird look. There's not 162 games this year. So I, mm -hmm. I agree with you on that one, man. I think uh, whatever the best formula is for a team, 
that might be the best thing for you. So you're down in Georgia now. I'm sure that you know they're uh, they're itching to get Braves baseball back there. Have you? Uh, has there been a lot of fans out there just kind of itching? And have you seen a lot of Braves gear being worn still, even though there's no games going on? Oh yeah, definitely. So we're in Gwinnett County actually, so that's where their AAA is. So that that kind of county is not struggling, but they they need the baseball. They need the fans coming in. And yeah, everybody's still repping their brave stuff, kind of itching for it to come back. That's good to hear, man. I, I think there's been a lot of people. I know, uh, you know, we I, I spoke earlier in this podcast about, you know, we just saw Major League Soccer back. And I know, you know, some of the, one of the sports I think that a lot of people don't, or not Major League Soccer, excuse me, we had the Bundesliga come back. But, you know, yeah. I think a lot of times you have, uh, you know, I know baseball players and even some hockey hockey players are always kind of uh, on the side, have, you know, a, a, a love for soccer on the side of that, you know. I know you are one of those guys as well that still has a little bit of love for soccer. You know, was it cool to see that come back? And was it cool to, I mean, knowing that live sports are on the the precipice of being back? Oh yeah. I mean, I think which sports have always been a kind of a getaway for everybody. And, and it is during this tough time, you kind of need that, but we understand why it wasn't happening. But uh, I think it, brightened a lot of people's days to see the Bundesliga back even though there's no fans and then you could see the people on the bench like sitting far apart so it was a little weird but yeah uh, any type of sports that comes back just lets us get away from reality and uh, even though we kind of treat it like it's our own life and get upset about it but I think it's necessary for people to kind of get away from reality so the next sport up for you, at least at this point, that you would have a chance to to be coaching would be um, football, right? That's that's one of the things yeah. that you get a chance to to work with. You know, have you guys been doing anything on this? You know, as coaches, just trying to get your guys ready, knowing that there's a possibility you might not even be able to really get you know together until maybe July at this point. Uh, we meet on Zoom uh, three times a week. Uh, to prepare for this season, we've watched basically every film we have on our opponents. And then once a week, we meet with our position players, which I'm a receivers coach. So we are installing the offense through Zoom calls. And so it, it is very weird and it's it's kind of tough. Like the kids are trying to understand it by looking at it and uh, writing it down and kind of memorizing it where, I mean, as football players, we're more of a repetition type uh, type of athlete so uh, it is difficult but I mean we're doing everything we can to be ready for as soon as they say we can go we can hit the ground running and not have to really install anything just go and start practicing that's awesome to hear man I know yeah I'm definitely a visual learner so I think I would have been just not able to really figure it out unless I was actually you know, trying to run the routes, but that's good of you guys. I know there was a lot of coaches that I'd spoke to um, at that level who were definitely talking about, you know, a lot of coaches meeting for Zoom calls. Um, I had one coach joke and he said, man, maybe we should just meet for Zoom calls. Uh, his, his staff said maybe we should re- meet for Zoom calls throughout the whole season so they can at least do it from home. And uh, he said, ah, that's probably not going to happen. So uh, yeah. I can definitely see that being something that's pretty cool. Man, you got to have anything you want to add, anything going on that you uh, you want to you want to mention or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, Ethan's the greatest. 
<laughs> what? That's not true. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate it, man. I, I do appreciate you, you taking your time out of your schedule, man, to talk with me. Um, I know you guys are on a, a drive back, so it might have just been a little bit of a break from the mundane of of kind of looking at the uh, trees as you pass by at this point. But, uh, man, you have a, a safe trip back, and I, I hope that you would uh, want to come back maybe on, maybe during football season, high school football season. We can talk a little high school football, pro football with you if you want to do that. Oh, definitely. Anytime you want to talk, call me up and it doesn't even have to be on the podcast, but obviously we're so awesome of people that people want to hear us talk anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I like to hear. All right, Jared, man, it's been great talking to you. Uh, for Jared Karkoff here, we're going to have some more coming up after the break. And we're back for our final segment here. We're going to start calling this segment the Schmidt Break uh, to kind of tie in. I mean, it's a pun off my name. You liked Talking Schmidt. You texted me and said it needed to be Talking (laughs) Schmidt early on. My guest at this time, every time we we get a chance to do this, I'm going to have Justin Kleiner on here with me, a very good friend of mine. I've known him for a very long time. He's one of my most opinionated friends, and if you ask him, all of his opinions are correct. So, Justin, a big thing storyline that's going on right now, um, a guy that I know uh, a lot of people in the NFL, when they watch Jay Cutler play, um, when they heard this uh, this characterization of him by his now soon-to-be ex-wife, Kristen Cavallari, we all just said, yeah, duh, did you ever see the guy play? Weigh in on the situation here with uh, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. Well, first off, Ethan, thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I've been a big fan all along. Uh, Let's just say this when it comes to Kristen Cavallari. She had to know about Cutler going into this deal. I mean, you know, started dating back, you know, in the late 2010 time frame. You know, she had to know he he was lazy. You know, we've watched the guy throw pick sixes and touchdowns. It's the same reaction each time. It's unbuckle the chin strap, walk to the sidelines looking like you've just failed at life. Um, so her, her I, I think this is an extreme overreaction, a play to grab some attention during this coronavirus pandemic. More people are at home. They're spending more time in front of their TVs, in front of their computers. So I think it's just a big attention grab. And and I think we can all agree that Cutler is very lazy and disinterested in everything he's ever done. <clears throat> you know, I watched him play at Vanderbilt when he was in college, watched him play for the, the Broncos, and obviously the Bears is where he spent the majority of his time and then finished up with Miami. You know, the guy's made plus $60-plus plus million a year or overall in his NFL career. And, I, you know, I'm going to tell you, if I'd made $60 million in my NFL career, I could probably sit on a 50-acre farm and not do anything all day, too. So, uh, But I, I think he's been disinterested and lazy his entire life. Uh, you know, it's definitely probably on his uh, recruit, recruiting out of high school into college, paperwork, as well as his combine. I'm sure they've got some great stuff on that. Would be interesting to see it as Wonder League score, though. Guarantee you it's high. I would, I, I would believe that. I, I could see Jay having a, a high one there. What do you think about his response? I know a lot of people have now looked at him and almost uh, you know, villainized him for saying, uh, I'm not going to give you any of my money. You can go get a job. What, if, what do you think? I mean, the, I know a lot of people were upset when he said that, but what do you think of Jay's response to her? Well, you know, uh, let, let me just tell you this. If I was married and I, again, had made over $60 million or had a $60 million network, my wife had a three and a half, four million dollar net worth. We had a three or four million dollar house. We got a five million dollar house. Then we got a seven or eight million dollar farm, or, or whatever the price tag was on that. 
you know, I, I would probably draw the line there too. I mean, at some point you've got to stop it. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, once you have a $3 million house, what could be that different between a $3 million house or a $6 million house? You know, it's obviously going to be a lot nicer than normal. Uh, so I feel like once you break that million dollar threshold for a house, it's all pretty much going to be the same. Uh, so, you know, I, I, as a, as a guy, you can't blame me. I mean, nobody wants to spend the, you know, that kind of money. And, uh, I don't think that's the, uh, I think that's not the only issue. I think that may have just been the straw that kind of finished the deal off there for Jay. Well, they've, they've broken up before when they were engaged and got back together. Do you think our on again, off again, celebrity couple here, do you think, uh, you think they'll get back together? What do you think? Or do you think Jay's just going to sit back and watch another season of Very Cavalry without him on it? Well, you know, the third time may be the charm for their relationship. For Jay's sake, I hope not. I mean, again, Jay Culler's a 36-year-old guy worth over $60 million. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, you know, I, I think he could go out here and, uh, and probably nail down about any, uh, any girl he wants to. Uh, but that said, you know, I don't think uh, – I don't think Cavalieri's quite that lucky. I don't think she can just go knock on any door and find a man worth sixty million. Uh, so I think it'll take her a little bit longer. But again, I think this is a huge publicity stunt uh, orchestrated by Entertainment Television and her camp, and uh, just to try to draw attention to her. I mean, listen again, we've all known Jay Cutler is just disinterested in everything in life. Uh, so I don't really see in his eyes why his marriage would really be any of that different. It's, it's all kind of baked into the cake with Jay Cutler. You know what you're getting with him. And uh, so I don't think it's a shock again, just a huge publicity stunt. One other thing before we kind of wrap this up here was one of the other th- grievances that she had was she said that she's very big with her fans. And when fans would approach Jay, he would just kind of either try to get avoid them, roll his eyes, or just not really take the time out. Does that surprise you at all with Jay Cutler? <laughs> D- doesn't surprise me one bit with Jay. Uh, you know, he's always kind of kept to himself, you know, whether he was in an NFL locker room, a college locker room, you know, in, in his semi-home city of uh, Nashville where he played his college ball. You know, he's just kind of be, just, he just wants to be a normal guy. And I think as we've kind of watched here recently, the Michael Jordan documentary, you know, I, I don't think people understand quite the pressure that athletes are under, you know, with just being able to go out and have a normal meal or go out and just shop with your wife and kids. You know, a huge amount of pressure's on these guys, you know, you and I, we can go out, I'm sure the listeners can go out to a restaurant. You may see one or two people you know when you're out, but when you just have people who you don't know just constantly coming up to you, you know, that's got to wear on you. And, you know, Cutler had a 10-plus year NFL career. Uh, you know, I would say at certain times in his NFL career, he was a top-five quarterback. And, you know, so when you're a top-five quarterback, and you know, in my opinion, you know, one of the greatest, you know, sports leagues ever, the NFL, you know, you're going to garner a lot of attention. So they may be fans of the show, but I promise you he's got more people coming up to him that know him outside of that show, you know, because the NFL has a much larger audience, I'm assuming, than yeah. uh, Cavalieri's TV show or whatever they call it. So, you know, I think, you know, I th- people got to understand that that's a huge responsibility that you take on as an athlete, and, uh, you know, it can't be enjoyable. So uh, that does not surprise me that that's what his reaction is, though. Well, that will wrap it up for our Schmidt break. And also for episode three of Talking Schmidt, don't forget, you guys will be able to find this on Podbean. It's on social media. Go ahead and follow us, Talking Schmidt, on Facebook and Twitter. You'll be able to catch up and uh, see all the previous episodes and catch up with us later on in the week as we have other episodes that will drop. Have a special guest for episode four. I'm very excited about it. But for this episode, for Justin Kleinert sitting next to me, I'm Ethan Schmidt. This has been Talking Schmidt. We'll catch you next time.